Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Did that work on anyone, you think, Justin? Uh, to be honest. Ever, yeah, what's that? That's not my wake up sound. My wake up oh, sound. Shit. Yeah, what's it sound like? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me pull it up. This is my, my daily alarm. Um, what if it is the same sound? <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no, no. It's, uh, here we go. Here. It's, uh, oh, it is. That is my wake it up sound. It is the same sound? That's that is, so yeah. funny. I just didn't recognize it as being a wake up sound. <laughs> Um, no, so there, I was listening to a podcast recently, um, and by recently I mean probably a full twelve months ago. <laughs> um, that it's was people were talking about Spider Man movies, and they were talking, they were like repeatedly saying like Peter, 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 like like per- like parroting a line basically from one of the movies, and I had the weirdest like. I thought I was asleep and having a very mundane <laughs> dream. You know what I mean? This yeah. was like trying to wake me up. It was just it was very odd. So I'm curious. Hey, did that work on you? If it did, let us know in the comments. All right, I'm gonna. I'm There's gonna. There's no s- comments. There's no comments in Spotify There could be. Like I'm gonna set up my alarm. My this is my extra alarm. It's called a math alarm. I'm gonna set mm-hmm. it up so you can hear like what my emergency alarm is. It'll it'll go off at uh, in a minute here. But so I have I set alarms every morning. I have my like casual alarm and the one that I try to avoid at all costs because I have to solve math problems in order oh. to shut it off. So oh, that's kind of fun. It is. It like at least gets you like, it's also really loud and different. So this is like, I always set this one just like in the background 15 minutes after I'm supposed to wake up just in case. Because- oh. Do you hear that? I hear that. Yeah. And then you got to solve math problems. I don't know if you see this in the, in the camera oh, that's here. So, fun. so you have to do like six minus six plus 10. Um, Ten. Uh, or three plus two uh, plus six, and then 11. you which one equals ten? So the top one does. So I'll press the top one. Oh. Okay. And then uh, nine plus six is fifteen. Minus seven is eight. So it's the bottom one. The problem is if you just start clicking it, it it'll like you have to get three in a row to get it right. And like if you just keep clicking it wrong, you keep having to restart it. <laughs> and it's like uh, it's usually not a problem because. Uh, I try to like at least set myself like once once it's happening, but sometimes I forget to turn off this alarm. Sure. Like after I've already woken up and then it goes off like 15 minutes after I'm already up. <laughs> so I'm like outside walking the dog and my gloves are on and I'm like just having this annoying sound follow me everywhere. Um, are oh, you shoot, still working I'm, on these three problems? I am. It's, I can't <laughs> multitask in this. This is harder um, than I thought. All right. I'll say um, this: I every every so often I have to uh, re, like change a new alarm sound because I uh, if I sleep through like if I get used to it, I'll just like start sleeping through it. So I'm I'm getting to the point where I gotta switch it up. I'm but. to the point. I don't know if it's because I'm busy, have a lot going on in my mind. I've been waking mm-hmm. up before my alarm pretty consistently. I wonder if it's like a seasonal thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I'm up and I'm like, well, I guess I should try to go back to sleep now, but then I can't. And then you play the game of just putting the alarm 15 minutes back, 15 minutes back. and then Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. It's anyway. Like, it's like heck getting old. You know what I mean? Uh, this is the things that we talk about. These are the exciting, riveting things that we have to say in our intro. Um, sometimes life is uninteresting, all right? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's a box.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox, episode number 131. We're getting up there in numbers. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek. Joining me, as always, is Justin, the sleepy guy, Makovich. How are you, Justin? I'm doing pretty pretty good. Um, so uh, we've started the uh, the house hunt. My wife and I were looking for oh, houses. Oh, that's so fun. So that's we've so been special. touring some houses. Um, and like, it really makes you like appreciate when you're like watching um uh, what are the, what are those tv shows like when they're like looking for a house um i love it or listed lo- yeah anything um, like that like yeah anything on hg uh, yeah TV. because it's funny when it happens to them and you can like sit there and shout at them about wh- what the right house to pick is but when it's yeah. your turn to be the one picking the house it's it's like different <laughs> so i've got a question for you uh, i asked this to my brother when he bought a house and he didn't really have a good answer for me like if if you told me right now, like, OK, Peter, you have to move into a house. I would have enough stuff for about two and a half rooms. You know, do you would you say that you are able would be able to fill a house or is that what a house is for? That you start a little empty and then you sort of fill it with with things and love as you as you go. Uh, so I think we could fill up enough of the like major living space stuff. Like I think mm. we could fill up like. Would have a nice bedroom. We could have a little bit in a spare bedroom, just like we do now, because yeah. I mean, I have a two bedroom like living room yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but I think we're actually to the point now where we have so much stuff that is not just like furniture, but just so much stuff that we're running yeah. out of room to put all of this stuff, and that we need mm-hmm. just more surface area to place stuff in places. Um, that's not necessarily the main reason why we want to move, but like it's you know like. We, we just have a lot of stuff. Our garage has gone from being a semi-functional space to it now being just mostly a storage space. So a storage locker. Yeah. yeah okay. So like the garage is filled with stuff. And I mean, these closets next to me are just if I open them up, it's like everything would just be tumbling out. It's probably like a hazard. Mm-hmm. I think of it more as a way to stop intruders than anything. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. yeah, if yeah they, it's like traps. If they're, yeah. If they're trying to like steal stuff, they'll open it up and they'll just, you know, boxes will fall on them. But yeah. Well, I'm so excited for you and your house journey. I'm looking forward to the room that I get where I get to podcast with you. Obviously, we can't be in the same room if we were looking at each other and did this. I think it might be like a little weird, yeah. um, like IRL, but like I'll have a little side room, like a side car to your house, maybe like a shed or something like that. And uh, then one of the houses uh, we looked at today, uh, they had a basement, a f- nice finished basement with a little ooh. like room in it uh, that the the people who live there had like a gaming setup <laughs> like they had a nice chair oh, that's they had fun. like a $1100 like curved giant monitor for their computer Whoa. like they had they had a rig there um except they did have like a bathroom right next to it that every time they would like shower in it i'm assuming it would probably like just run run terrible things to their uh to their electronics down there but um yeah so i was a little jealous of that tv uh if i'm being honest just like one of those giant curved ones oh. basically it's just like a big vr headset yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. hey i'm so thankful that you brought us back to video games because justin we're gonna talk about the news this week coming up uh game boy games are now on the switch get this pokemon games are selling well and something new is coming from yoko taro we're gonna talk about all of that and more before we do just want to give you a quick reminder to hop into our discord server the link to that is in the description of the episode um support us on patreon if you are feeling uh, monetarily generous that's patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like jay noel like dave parker every single week those fools are getting an additional 30 minute bonus episode at this point i think we're at like 33 34 that's like more than 15 hours of additional content that you get just for three dollars a month if you can't no worries um 
you can support us on Twitter. Follow us there at HitboxPod. Uh, rate or like or s- rank the the podcast on whatever podcast player you're listening to this on. Um, that sort of stuff helps us out as well. And you don't even need to send. You don't need to spend. Excuse me, a cent doing it. Um, I hit everything there, Justin. Yeah, I think you did. I, I think we should start a new uh, theme when we pick the best episode of our show, and then mm-hmm. every week we'll tell the, the viewer what the best episode was, and then we'll rank it every week, and if the one we just did is better, then that will replace oh, the previous best episode. So I right now, our best episode is 130. Our new best episode is 131. Agreed, yep. Justin. I like where yeah, this is This is the best going. episode yeah. we've done yet. Congratulations. You're listening to the best episode of the show. Um, thanks for... <laughs> Sticking around for 131 episodes for us to find it. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the games that came out this week. What do you think? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. We got one game uh, in the Metacritic Roundup this week. This is sort of a surprise drop. This is Metroid Prime Remastered on the Switch. This is just a Switch exclusive, um, a remastered version of the original Metroid Prime from the GameCube. Damn dog, this thing has a 96 on, oh, Jesus. on Metacritic. Yeah, I mean, like, basically everyone is just saying, like, hey, this is a remastered version of a masterpiece video game. You know what I mean? Um, and and I don't know if you've seen any, like, the comparisons between, like, what the game looked like before and what it looks like now. Like, wow, they made that, like, that game was already, like, a pretty good-looking game. But, like, wow, they made it look just phenomenal. Um, what do you think? It's one of those things that uh, it, when when Metroid Prime came out, a lot of GameCube games that felt like this around that time. When the when the game, these games came out, you were like, "Oh my god, look at these graphics! They're so realistic! They're perfect! They're amazing!" And yeah. then you look back at it, and they're so good. It just doesn't have that same kind of like. I mean, it's GameCube era stuff. Like it's it's good, not what we have today. Yeah. Um, so I think our memories serve these games better than what they actually are. Sure, um, sure. And then Metroid Prime lives up to that. It kind of bridges that gap between those two things. Like, it's not like, it's clearly not like a, a modern day best graphical game out there. Like, Dead Space remake looks better than this. Sure, sure. But, um, it, but I, it, it, it's more accurate to what I remember it being like. And it feels like what I remember. That's what, that's what like a good, like, remastered version of a game I think can do is just like, like make you remember the game like play the game how it remembers or how you remember it you know what i mean yeah because also like i'm sure that there are some like control uh i mean i know that they they updated the control so you can use it like dual stick as opposed to the original like gamecube aiming and stuff like that but i'm sure there are other like mechanical changes that might have been made just to give it a um a, a mechanical facelift as well as a a like visual one because like i think about like the near replicant right that was a remaster of that game and like from what i've seen of like gameplay of like that original game it would not feel very good to play today (laughs) you know but the remaster version like they upped up they they were able to like make a lot of like quality of life like mechanical changes and stuff like that i'm just i'm just saying were you talking about near replicant version 1.22474487139 no, I was talking about Neo Replicant version 1.22. I, for, I, didn't, I don't have any more of the numbers. I'm so sorry. Um, if joke. I was funnier, I would have more of that memorized, but I don't. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but no, I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised that this game is, is scoring so well. I will say, like, 
I'm excited that this game is out so people can just stop fucking talking about it before every single Nintendo Direct. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, before every Direct, everyone's like, Metro Prime Remaster is coming. Or people are, are like, and we've talked about why this is potentially foolish. People are like, um, Metroid Prime Trilogy is coming to the, to, to the Switch. We're like, yeah, I don't know, because that third game is made for the Wii exclusively with motion controls in mind. Um, I, so I, I hope for Metroid fans that this uh, satisfies, scratches that itch. Uh, I also would hope for Metroid fans that the sequel gets a remaster and, and comes to the Switch as well. Um, and maybe that they figure out how to do that third one and, and bring it to the Switch, but that uh, seems unlikely. I can't find uh, the article for this, but weren't they talking about like that this remaster was actually ready for, it was done for some time, and they were just waiting to release it? Um, so... People have been saying that. I know, like, Jeff Grubb from uh, Giant Bomb has said that a few times that they, like, have a handful of things that they're just sitting on. Um, and that apparently he's known about this for, like, a year and has just been like, hey, it's coming. And then just never has come uh, until now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, if if that was if that's the case it, it makes sense like if you're a company like Nintendo that doesn't need to push something big every single like quarter cuz they they generally have something big every quarter you know what i mean um in fact like i'm even surprised that they would do this right uh, hot off the heels of something like fire emblem you know um which it's my understanding is selling pretty well um but i also like i'll be interested to see what this means about metroid prime 4 because to me, the reason why you would want to release something like this is to reintroduce fans to this, the Metroid Prime series, right? And then also, um, in doing that, like, get people excited for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it totally makes sense. Like, Nintendo is the company that I think better than most uh, of the major companies does a good job of filling each quarter with something. You know, maybe yes. maybe that something isn't always for you, but they will generally have something pretty big every year. And then you kind of look back every year and you're like, oh, shit, Nintendo released a lot of stuff. I mean, Sony has its tentpole games, obviously, but I think yeah. um, you just get many more frequent Nintendo games coming out. So they do have a, a dry spell, like you know, release Metroid if they, if they have it. Um, also, I think like saving it for a direct like this is like the perfect way to do it because people get... Uh, hyped about it people want this game so being able to shadow drop it with one of these directs i think is a good call just to get people um excited and kind of like talking about it it's like free marketing essentially for the game and it's great too because you're just sitting there like uh, as they're showing this off you know i'm looking at it like oh this looks great like yeah you know maybe i would want to give this a try again because i mean the last time i played it i was a kid and didn't really understand that it wasn't like a first person shooter do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't understand, like, oh, this isn't Halo. This is actually, like, kind of a puzzle game. Yeah. Um, with, like, exploration stuff. It's like a Metroid game. Um, <laughs> but I didn't right, know what yeah. that was. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get it. So, like, I'd be interested to, like, play this with maybe adult eyes, you know, of, like, yeah. knowing what it actually is. But, you know, I'm, we're just sitting there watching it, like, oh, this looks great. Yeah, maybe I'll try that. Um, oh, and it's out today. What? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you um, Have you played this game before? Like, to completion? Mm-hmm. Nope. Because I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I got to the ice place and I think I actually got the various suit back. I beat the one boss where you get that suit back and then I was like, oh, where did it go? I mean, you got far with that. I, uh, when I, I got it for GameCube, I had it like pre ordered. Mm-hmm. I was like stoked about it. Um, and I was playing it and then I got like anxious because they were like, there's missable scans in that first place. And I was like, oh no, I'm not oh. going to be able to 100% the game uh, because I, ca- I guess I cared about that cared, when it came yeah. out. Um, and then I just kind of never, I got to that first place after the, uh, the tutorial space station level where you lose everything. 
Um, and then I just kind of stopped playing it. And then I played it again eight years ago on the Wii U when they came out with that like trilogy pack of mm-hmm. them. Um, and I lo- and also I hated the controls on the original GameCube one. Just something about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, tough. Yeah, uh, about like about like turning. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not great. But on the Wii U version, when I played the trilogy, it was the remaster. It was for uh, uh, the Wii when it came out. Yeah. So it had the Joy Cons that you could use to kind of control um, Samus a little bit differently. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Not Joy-Cons, the Wiimote. Oh, you had the, the motion control stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so that made it a little bit better. And I remember actually, like, one, once you kind of, like, with the adult eyes realizing it's a Metroid gaming, knowing what a Metroid game is, um, I kind of, it was fun. Like, it really was kind of fun, like, going through the world. So this is definitely something that um, I, it's on my radar. Um, I, as we'll talk about soon, I haven't been playing much. But, um, yeah, it's on my radar to, to play um and it might actually be something i pick up sooner rather than later me too like I, I, to me it's uh, probably once i finish persona 4 golden i mean i've got a while on that still but like pretty much as soon as i get some free time for this like i enjoyed metroid dread so much like i remember that game so fondly and i know they're different as like a side scroller versus like a first person thing but like i like that game so much that like may hey maybe i'm a metroid fan you know yeah yeah um, so there you go, Metroid Prime Remastered, 96. That's actually fucking busted. Uh, uh, the original, is, by the way, 97 yeah. Metacritic score. No kidding. Yeah, 97. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so uh, you sort of revealed you've not been playing anything. Um, What's a video have you game? Touch anything? What? Yeah, not really. I assume. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, I figured. Um, I uh, I've been I got through the section of Persona 4 Golden that I was stuck on. Ah, uh, y'all, I was stuck on this second boss for a while. Uh, not because it was like particularly difficult. It's just that like um, sometimes this game loves to be like, oh, and this guy can also do an attack that just kills you instantly that you can't counter or like you know deal with like it's just going to deal three hundred damage to all the characters. Is that okay? No, it's not okay. <laughs> like I'd rather if he didn't. Um, so I, I basically I said to myself, listen, I might try this one or two more times, and if I can't get this, like I might have to just walk away and say, unfortunately, this game wasn't for me. Luckily, I finished it. Now we're, we're doing all sorts of investigating on these murders and whatever, Ooh. but um, it's a good game. Is it still like that, oddly grindy or is it like better at a certain point? The reason I beat it is because I grinded for about six hours. Oh, you know what? <laughs> totally worth it. You know, I, I guess you could put on a podcast of Persona 5 or not or the music of Persona 5 as you're listening to it to really like get uh, yourself in that mood. Can I say this? I don't like the music very much in Persona <laughs> in 5. Pers- in Persona 4. Oh, no, okay, Persona yeah, 5 yeah, yeah. obviously is is front to back just hit after hit after hit. No, uh, I mean it's just like there's there's less tracks and I think that they didn't quite um they weren't quite like they didn't quite see what they were going to be doing with it yeah, all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like combining it all. But Yeah, less um, tracks, less slaps. <laughs> hey, that's true. I saw someone trying to argue that the combat music in Persona 4 Golden was better than it is in Persona 5, and that is simply not the case. When you said you saw someone arguing for that, were they just like on on the street corner like trying to like preach the good word? Um Justin, what you've described is a twitter.com and oh, yes, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, a bunch of people yeah, they just, just tweeted shouting. like here's my here's my take. Yeah. yeah. Persona 4 is, music is better than Persona 5 and I just uh simply you, don't agree. You block them. Yeah. I beat Dead Space rem- uh, Remake, Justin. Oh, you beat it? I beat it. As I said in the weeks pe- prior, it's really, really, really good. Um, and I was like, you know what? How hard would it be to get the Platinum in this? Most of it's pretty simple. Like, you know, just beat a new game plus playthrough. 
And then there's one, and you got to beat the game on impossible mode, which mm. is like their hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. Now, impossible mode in Dead Space Remake is it's the game on hard, mm-hmm. but you only get one save file, so you can't like roll your saves at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you die at all, yeah, right, you're you're done. Okay. So I started my playthrough, found out that if you die at all, you're done, and I promptly said, "I'm not going to get the Dead Space Platinum." Weirdly enough. <laughs> No way am I going to devote six to seven hours of that video game to die once to a boss and then lose that. When you say the one save slot, you can only save once? No, no, no. So you, so basically instead of being able to roll your saves and like, I, I, I don't know why they necessarily restricted the save slots. Um, because like the, the hardcore mode in Dead Space 2, for example, um, if you want to play that, you get three saves for the whole game. And I think that's really kind of interesting, like having to be strategic about it and like trying to figure out like when and where to save and whatever. Um, but no, you basically just get one save slot in Dead Space Remake for this. I don't know why. Like, again, it's just one. Um, but if you die, you can reload that save, but um, you can't play it on impossible mode. You it'll, it'll bump you down to hard. Does that make sense? So like you don't lose all that progress necessarily. But if you die, you can't con- you can't complete the challenge. Can you like cloud save scum? I don't think so. Maybe, but it seemed like too much work. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want this that bad. I don't want I if this was going to be fun, maybe. But it seems like it wouldn't be fun. I mean, like, yo, big red flag, folks. You got to make you got to make the platinum fun. And that's not fun. That is just tedious. Yeah. Like, yeah. And frustrating. It just seems like, yeah, I would just be frustrating. Like I would get super far or not at all. Right. And then just die. And like, oh, that's. That's my time. Um, but there you go. And Justin, when, you want to talk about the news? What's uh, that? Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you die, it's like you float in space and you just say, Maria. And you, it's just the hand from the from the original. Ooh, I like that. I like That'd be that. kind of fun. I yeah. always like that imagery, and they just they did it once and then never did it again. Yeah. Let's talk about the news. Cool. Let's do it. Oh, Justin, the big thing here. The Nintendo Direct. Obviously, we talked about it a little bit with the uh, Metroid Prime remastered stuff, but um, we got a pretty meaty Direct. It was about 40 minutes long. Um, there was a lot of good stuff shown off here. I just want to throw it to you real quick and hear what your general thoughts about the Direct were. Uh, yeah, so I thought a lot of good stuff. I mean, I'm glad, like, here, here, let me, quick rundown. Um, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom looks good. Yep. Uh, I mean, at this point, do I need to see more about this game? No. Did I ever, to be fair, did I ever need to see anything about this game for me to know I'd love this game? Uh, No. Um, I am still, I have this worry that the hardware is not going to be able to run it well. I'm trying, I'm thinking back to the original breath of the wild um i only ever remember really really remember there being issues when you go to the place with the koroks where the master sword is you know what i mean that's the only place that i remember like getting any significant issues but yeah i I agree but like i also think like that was a game that was designed initially for the wii u and then they kind of pivoted and put on the switch so in the switch was a better piece of hardware anyway and i think once you are solely making this uh for um the uh the switch scale gets bigger because the scale does look like it is bigger in this game Mm -hmm. um so i i just i just have this sneaky suspicion in the back of my head it's just not gonna be as perfect as um 
I would hope uh, with it. But again, this is just me maybe being a little bit negative. I, they know what they're doing, clearly. Hopefully they yeah. can prove me wrong. Um, and then the game turns out to be awesome because do you think I want this game to be bad? Of course not. No one does. No, no. I want this game to be everything the first game was. Um, and again, if it's just what that is, I think it's awesome. But Can I say, though, like in that trailer, it was like, hey, I hope you miss these three same fucking enemies because... There's more of them. Yeah. And that does not fit. That doesn't like, uh, like my, my issue with Breath of the Wild a little bit was like at a certain point, like it's just all the same because it's just all the same enemies, right? Like there's the tiny goblin guys, there's the big goblin guys, and there's like the Lionels, and that's kind of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's like a handful of other ones, but like it was all pretty samey. And to just see them all show up, like there's more of them. It's like, oh gosh, no. Um, Obviously, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and we'll play it and whatever. But um, I will say this trailer to me it didn't really show like anything that I thought like looked like totally new and and totally like 100% unique. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think the the traversal stuff looks like it's going to be a big deal. Oh yeah, um, that's fair. That's actually very you know, fair. Like the 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 way to get around the map, the the, the focus on a lot more verticality, not just with mm-hmm. the maps themselves, but the enemies. Um, I think could kind of change uh, things up a little bit um, to make it different enough, and like you know, focusing on above the world combat and stuff. I think will make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but I also think a trailer like this is pretty clever with making the game look more cinematic than the game yeah. will actually be. Because, you know, I, I think part of the thing with the game is like the uh, initial game, they had those cutscenes and those memories that you'd kind of cut back through. And it really wasn't the, that big of a part of the story. Like, it, I like, mean, that it, makes up like 20 minutes yeah. of a 60 to 100 hour game. Like, yeah. <laughs> So like yeah. they could cut pretty cleverly clever in this to make it look like it's different and special. Um, but yeah, I think for me, worried about scaling, worried about it not running well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is enough new stuff to it that makes me excited with it. But again, if I just have a new world to explore, that's all I ask for. That's the thing, too. I think the, the mechanics of that game are so unique in terms of like just being like a fun sandbox physics sim that it'll be interesting to see like what they do with it. And like hopefully to me, that's what they what what if anything, I hope they really lean into, which does, as you pointed out, seem to be what they're doing with the um, the, the traversal stuff. I'd forgotten about that. But um, yeah, Zelda, I'm looking forward to it. What else on here caught your eye? Uh, so uh, I went went back and redrafted Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Did you? Camp. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get that one this time, get those points for that game that came out. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's coming out in April, right, or something like that? Yeah, it's Soon? coming out in April officially. Um, and that was like that whole thing that the Ukraine war kind of pushed it back. Um, some mm-hmm. people actually were able to download the game still and were talking about it, and it was like a fully completed game at that point. So uh, I'm glad whatever, uh, you know, prevented the game from coming out whether it was the war the war's impact on the studio i'm glad that they got to resolve to a point where they could release this game um but you know another game that was ready but they decided to move back for um reasons uh that are valid i think is great because nintendo could do this and they've done it before um and yeah. i don't think last year nintendo suffered for not having this game out so release it when yeah, it's ready it just fine yeah yeah um, um yeah, Do you but live I, on fire by Pikmin 4? No, it's freaking Pikmin. <laughs> like, I, I, it looks okay. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. I was sort of talking with my roommate. We were laughing a little bit. Like, I'm like, I'm sure Pikmin fans are watching this. Been like, oh my god, 
gosh, like, like it looks so good. Yeah, <laughs> There's all, like a dog or whatever. All three of them, I guess. But, yeah, but um, like I, I'm probably not gonna play this. This comes out in May, um, unless I have to for work. But <laughs> have you ever have you ever Pikmined? Nope. Um, it was I played the first one. I had the first one on the cube. Um, and it just was that, that thing. And I know this has since been resolved, but like that timer on top of things just made it something I never mm. wanted to play. Um, sure. and I know they removed that in later games. Um, and they made it more like you still had a day, but like you didn't have to like get out at a certain time. Uh, yeah. but that was always just something that initially made me kind of stand, stand back from it a little bit. Um, and I'm sure the game has like, it's good. Obviously people love it, but I don't know, just not my. No, not my not my vibe. If it's your vibe, I'm happy for you. And this game is finally yeah. out. And who drafted this game in our in our critic? I believe it was Dave. Yeah, but yeah. So I, he, he, he might be, be he might be eating well. He might be. I mean, eating that'll well. review well because it's a Nintendo game, and like those games. I mean, and and uh, Pikmin are are good to my understanding, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see. Pikmin one was an eighty nine. Pikmin two was a ninety. Um, and Pikmin three was an eighty seven. But hey, hey, Pikmin, that was a sixty nine. A good score. Is that the one, the Pokemon Go kind of thing? The uh, walking hey, one? Don't don't you dare make fun of Pick. I don't even know the name of it, so uh, I guess... Pikmin uh, Go, is it? Uh, Pikmin no, Pikmin Bloom. Bloom. Pikmin Bloom. Yeah. Um, I'm Actually, as we're speaking right now, I am turning on my Pikmin Bloom app. Can't wait to see all oops, my like, friends. Did you forget about us? Yeah, they're, they're all like dead and famished and like they're, yeah. they're wilted. Uh, it's probably updating, actually. Not just loading. Let's, let's see what happens when I turn it on. What's the first Pikmin that's that's? It's like you missed a lot when you were away. Wow, this is it, really well, going just, at it. Just chugging along, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, while while you wait for that, was there anything else on here that looked that really caught your eye? Because to me, uh, Deca Police, I think is the game I'm thinking of. It's by um, oh gosh, the people who made the game that I liked. <laughs> Um, that also had Decca in it. Um, uh, it, uh, the one where it's kids and they get thrown into the murder, the murder school. Um, Dog and Rampa. Dog and Rampa. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Decadence was is Decadence. the switch port. Uh, no, this is um, I think by those people. I did Google Decca Police and nothing came up. Oh no, because it's showing me Decapolis. Anyway, um, no, this is not them. <laughs> this is someone else. Uh, but there is what is this game that is? Uh, it's like a police thing that is by child from the, the name. I'm for, I'm literally blanking on this whole thing. What is this game called? Is it Have a Nice Death? Maybe. Have a Nice Death video game. Nope, not this. Danganronpa. Who makes this game? Chun Spike Chunsoft. Who is currently making what? <laughs> this Wikipedia page is a mess. Um, Master Detective Archives. Yeah, Rain Code. They showed this off and it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. That was so everywhere. No, you, we got there. We got through it. We got through yeah. it. Um. Things that kind of stood out to me other than that, um, 
The one by the Don't Nod. Uh, 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 Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. Yes, that one. That 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 stuck out stuck out to me a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. I was like thinking, like, should I pick this game up? Should I draft this game? Is this going to be a good one? Um, I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell if it's going to be something good. But uh, that that kind of stuck out to stuck out. I can't speak English right now. What do I? What do I do for a living? I teach English. Um, but yeah, that, that one kind of stuck out to me as well as Disney Illusion Island. What were your thoughts this on it? looked fun. Yeah. I'm not a Disney person, but this like sort of like hand animated looking like platform 2D platformer thing looked looked kind of interesting with that old school sort of Disney art style. Yeah. Um and like I think the 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 focus on co-op I think is is kind of fun and great. Um, and, uh, this was the same company that did the, uh, I think the Battletoads remake is that, if I'm correct, right? I have no idea. Um, I, wa- I watched the trailer and went like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think the art style looks cool. Um, maybe it'll be fun. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, and it's a switch exclusive. I think so. That's cool. Cool. Justin, I think the, truly the biggest headline here is fashion dreamer. Hmm. Are you familiar? Do you remember this, or did, was this just white noise to you? Because uh, if it was just white noise, that be that would be a literal crime. Uh, I I would say it was white noise. It's not. Sick. Oh my gosh! I'm so offended. And by me, I mean my girlfriend Elena. Um, hold on, Elena. Welcome to the show. Joining the show for the first time ever, my girlfriend Elena Mitchell. Oh wow. Okay. Hello. Uh, I'm gonna put my headphones on here, and she's gonna tell you all about Fashion Dreamer. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm gonna let's. I'm gonna fix the camera a little bit here. Um. All right. Fashion Dreamer. Go. Fashion Dreamer. Okay. It is the spiritual sequel to the style savvy games. The original one came out in 2008, released on the Nintendo <laughs> DS, and it is one of the best games ever created. There have been style-savvy sequels. There is a two, and there is a three, but they are nothing. And a four. And a f- well, we don't even... It's not even acknowledged. <laughs> the fourth one. That's, that's, that is how... I want you to know, the style-savvy community is truly so excited to see number five. Now, it can't... We don't know why it can't use the style-savvy name, but it is produced by the same company. Who is it? Um, Sin Sophia. Sin Sophia, who's been producing the games since day one. So we have Style Savvy. Then, 2012, they released Style Savvy Trendsetters. All right. <laughs> then, in 2015, three years later, we have a pretty big hit. We have Style Savvy Fashion Forward. And then, 2017, a flop, unfortunately. Mm. We have Style Savvy Styling Star. However, I'm so excited. Fashion Dreamer is everything a Style Savvy fan could want and more. Except you're not running a boutique this time. I don't know how much you know about the game style so, savvy. So what is what is what is the style sa- savvy game style like? What do you do in it? So in the first game, which is like the OG, that is everything. It's it's untouchable compared to the sequel. So you run a boutique. You start out working in someone else's boutique, and then you very quickly get your own. 
you have to run it, you style all of your customers, and you also compete in different levels of fashion styling competitions that start out first at like a local community level and then quickly progress to an international level. And the more rankings you have, the more you win the styling competitions, the more popular your boutique becomes and the more successful of a stylist you are. So is this similar to like like a diner dash type of game or is it like um, you're actually like going out and like into the world and doing missions for people? Um, it would definitely be more similar to like a diner dash game. Like the, the people come to you. Got it, got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not the case with Fashion Dreamer though. Not the case with Fashion Dreamer you, though. You bring In the dreams fashion, to them. You are out on the streets bringing the fashion to the people. There's been like a big switch around. So you're no longer just confined to a boutique. Now you're helping other people become fashion influencers. So they're trying to really modernize the fandom. Were you were you listening to the direct and like overheard this or did you specifically like hear about this through the direct? I sent her. I was like so I saw that happen, show up, and I was like, oh, this kind of looks like the things that, like, like these style-savvy games that Elena's, like, likes. Um, and then I saw on Twitter the next day people being like, holy shit, it's happening. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I sent it to her. I was like, is this the thing? Is this your thing? And she's like, yes! We saw on Nintendo's Twitter page, when they put the trailer on Twitter, it has 12,000 quote tweets. Oh, my God. <laughs> all from the style-savvy people. All like, from all the style-savvy like, people. Like, people are super stoked for this. It's one of the biggest, like, takeaways from the... I'm not, like, a... I'm not super tuned into these kinds of things. And it's the only thing that I know happened from the Nintendo Direct. When does it come out? Later this they year. They don't know. <laughs> There's no date yet. All I'm saying is this better be a special bonus episode Let's Play of this game when you show us oh, yeah, what this game fun. is like and why this game is amazing. Absolutely. I would be so happy to do it. I want you to know my knowledge about the style savvy games is extensive and deep. So I'm happy to come on here as an expert. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Thank you for your time and your expertise. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is my dream. You're Goodbye, welcome. Everyone. This is amazing. I think we need some new theme music. For her, yeah, like for for the for the uh, style savvy corner. Was that a, was that our first ever guest? I think it was. Yeah, I, I was, think it I, was. I, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, we were talking about it, and she was like, "Can I fill in for Justin on a show, and we could talk about style savvy?" And I was like, "You could probably just come in. Like that'd be funny." Oh yeah, no, I love that. I love that a lot. But also, like, one hundred percent sincere. Like she one hundred percent is so excited for this. Um, um, it's like, uh, the cooking mama, like, uh, like, like Claire was familiar with that game. Uh, mm -hmm. and then when the disaster of that, uh, the, the, the data Cook mining star. one came out, um, yeah. that, that was, that was traumatic, but, um, she could probably talk to you a lot about, uh, her interactive and the, the Nancy Drew games at some point too. So yeah, I, th sure. I think we could have a, a, a running, a running bit. Agreed. Um, so there, was there anything else from the Nintendo direct that, that, um, Cut your eye. 
Um, I mean, I'm always uh, excited to hear more um, about uh, Mario Kart uh, 8. Um, yeah, yeah. Whenever there's some some new stuff, a new character I think is a big deal. You finally get Birdo, whose oh, yeah, sound Birdo. is... <laughs> um, having a new it's character in that. Uh, I, I, It goes to... It's, I'm still very confused as to what their overall business model is with this. Um, do they plan on ever releasing more like another version of Mario Kart, or are they just going to keep doing the deluxe version of this? Um, because you would think that, I, I wonder what the attach rate is to those people with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yeah. and those people with the Nintendo Switch Online to actually get this kind of stuff. And maybe they're finding that the fact that they keep releasing this stuff is causing not only more people to buy Mario Kart, but also like get their you know, uh, online subscription too to get this because I still think it's a great deal to like, it's it's super affordable and you get like all of this stuff and Mario Kart alone is more than worth it to get these new tracks that they've been releasing, so. 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I am interested. I would be interested to see that too. Um, I think we've got another year of this though through 2024, I think was um, how long they were going to do this for. So I think, I don't know, I think that's kind of exciting and, and cool. Um, and I do think that adding new character, like a new character like Birdo or something, I think is yeah. significant enough to have people be like excited about it and, and whatever else. And also, wasn't it just like straight up a new course? Yeah. Yeah. So like, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, um, and then finally, the uh, Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance games. Uh, yeah, this is the big thing, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, I think those, that to me is going to be interesting. I have to admit, I've always said I'm going to really get into these uh, these Switch Online games when they come out. I never do. I might touch them a little bit and play them a little bit, but just actually like committing myself to them, it's been hard because, as we always say, old games are old, but boy, nostalgia games hit hard. Yeah, I think it is very cool. It seems like uh, we were talking about like Metroid um, before. Uh, I mean, back when Metroid Dread came out, like trying to figure out like where can you go to play these old Metroid games? Literally, I think all of them are going to be on the Switch now between like Metroid 2, uh, uh, Zero Mission, Metroid, yeah, 2 Return of Samus. Like, I think all of them are on there now. I could be wrong, um, but... I, I think it's I think it's a cool addition. The one thing that really stuck out to me that seemed exciting was um, Zelda: The Minish Cap. Yeah, that one that one's a really really good one. You played that um, before, right? Yep. Yep. Back in the day, back in the day on those. I, I'm surprised that like none of the Pokemon games have come on there, but I would be like, I assume that's got to be like a Pokemon Company thing. It or might a game be, but thing. but they are planning on releasing for uh, the Game Boy the Pokemon Trading Card Game. Um, I did see that. So yeah. that that does. I mean, obviously, the Pokemon company is involved with the Pokemon trading cards. So yeah. maybe it's like that first uh, that first step for something. So I don't know. I think uh, I think whenever you get free stuff, that's awesome. Uh, free stuff that yeah. you pay for. LOL. Um, but whenever you Fine. get more of this stuff, I think it's awesome. Uh, just it, for me, like I'm just going to go through a list of games that have been added already. Tetris. Yeah. Huge memories of playing Tetris. It's Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Have you ever played this game? I have played that game. It's pretty good. Great memories of it. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Great memories of it. Um, good stuff. Uh, never played Gargoyle's Quest before. Um, never heard of it. Never played Game & Watch or Alone in the Dark. Never played Metroid 2. Wario Land 3. Dude, I love me some fucking Wario Land. Have you, are you a yeah. Wario Land fan? Uh, I played it at a friend's house once. Man, like, Wario Land. Like, I, always, I was a bigger fan of Wario games than I was of uh, Mario games personally growing up. There's just something oh, really? about them. Um, uh, Wario Land, I think it was Wario Land. I forget which one it was when uh, you like put on your different hats to get your different powers. And I mean, it was just it, a slight 
variation of Mario, but the focus yeah. of them wasn't so much platforming in the same way that Mario was. It's more about like exploring and like getting through things. It was a, a different type of game that I appreciated more than the Mario. Um, and then Kirby's Dream Land because everyone likes a little baby game. That it's that's a good game. And then I think uh, for the Game Boy Advance ones, they had um, Kirby's Mirror. What is that? The the something Mirror. Kirby and the Magical Mirror. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, uh, and the Amazing Mirror. And the Amazing Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one I uh, really liked as a kid. Um, and I would definitely love to try that guy out again. Because I use, reused a lot of the assets from the, um, what was that, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland? Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland! Kirby! Anyway, uh... Is it- was that real? I think it was. I think we had this conversation before, but there's like a Nightmare in Dreamland commercial, like your straight up 90s video game commercials when they have some like. Gotcha. I remember the Kirby TV show, Kirby Right Back Atcha. Oh, it was it just like a Kirby, dodgeball? Kirby is like the name of the game. Like, yeah. Um, um, I'm also, you need to play Metroid Fusion when that comes out for the Game Boy Advanced. Is that good? Yes. One of one of a uh, very interesting uh, conceit to it. Basically, the, the uh, it's one of the most clever ways that you lose your suit. Um, you basically get infected. Um, your suit gets infected uh, with mm-hmm. this like I forget what the name of it is. It gets infected, and then the suit kind of comes alive to life because this like infection has taken over it. So you're basically mm-hmm. being hunted down by your your suit the whole game, and then you slowly get more and more powerful. Um, but like it's just a cool, uh, cool little story, cool reason for losing all your powers, and it's a just a good game. I remember very fondly my mom bought it at the Kmart in Wisconsin for me out of nowhere. It was just no she bought it for me. I was at my grandparents' house, and then she came home with it. And she's like, "Here's a gift," and I was like, "Yay! That's awesome! Yeah. Uh, I'll play it." Yeah, I'm it's apparently a Metroid fan now. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a whirl, and maybe Metroid. Uh, primary mastered as well um yeah I, I always think anytime that these companies just sweeten the deal with whatever subscription service you're paying for um i'm always into um so there you go nintendo direct justin can we talk about nintendo sales numbers for just a second sure let's do it so the nintendo switch has now sold 122.5 million units which for uh, comparison, the 3DS sold 75 million, uh, 75.94 million, um, and the Wii U sold 13 million. Uh, I don't remember where, how many of the Wii sold. Let me look that up real quick. How many? 15, 20. Uh, 101.63 million. So, oh. I mean, the Switch is already just, I mean, to say that this, which is a popular system, is like such an understatement, right? Like, I would say that they have no re- like. People keep saying like, "Oh, Switch Two, when's that coming? Switch Two, when's that coming?" I kind of feel like they don't really have an incentive to really do that right now. Like, they have just so many people are are using the Switch right now. You know what I mean? I'm curious too if that encapsulates Switch OLEDs and Switch um, uh, lights. But I mean, 122 million is so many. <laughs> Uh, it's insane where does that place it on the all-time video games uh video game consoles uh it's got to be up there selling consoles of all time um so number one is the playstation 2 at 155 million um the ds the original ds is number two at 154 million and then the switch is number three 
um at 122 million i mean that i mean that in and of itself is insane uh to think about i mean playstation 2 when that came out that was like a huge huge nintendo ds huge nintendo switch coming up there and i don't think there's any any signs of slowing down to be honest no and i just think like for me it, it is the console where like if someone is saying like hey i'm looking to get into video games like switch get a switch you know, like uh, you should get a PC. Uh, nah, get a switch. Play with no. Google Docs. Get a Chromebook. <laughs> <laughs> we used to in high school. Um, we figured out a way to get Doom running on the Chromebooks, um, and then we swiftly got those taken away from us. Um, the other big uh, bit of, of sales news for Nintendo as well is that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have already sold two, uh, twenty million units combined, um, which is fucking crazy. Like that is so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it just goes to show, like, hey, people love Pokemon, right? Um, also interesting here is that Splatoon 3 sold 10 million units, um, you know, half of what Pokemon sold. But still, I mean, I think that's pretty significant. Um, I, I know that Splatoon is, like, huge in Japan. Uh, and then Nintendo Switch Sports sold eight uh, 8.61 million as well, which is surprising because, like, I've not seen anyone talking about this game ever since it came out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, it's like one of those things I think it might be like people buy it for fun and then they just, not, not for fun, they buy it because like, like oh. 8 million people, right? Like that I mean, is significant. I, I, I don't, I don't want to like, like be reductive with this, but I do think that that's like a casual gamer's game to get. Like, oh, I, I remember what we Sports was like, this was a good game for that. Let's get it too to play with our family. And I know the game isn't like as all-encompassing as uh, uh, Wii Sports was, but still games there that people play party games you know now that we're back to -to face-to-face family parties and we don't have to zoom things anymore that's fair that's fair that yeah that is a a decent party game especially if you're a fan of the original switch uh uh, wii sports um just for reference though i looked this up um you know switch sports sold eight million uh resident evil village sold six million (laughs) like over six million dude that's I, like, crazy to to compare those two obviously they're and resident evil village has come out in so many different things um, I don't know how accurate that information is at this point, but one hundred percent, I trust you implicitly. Oh, good. Um, that's a good amount. Of I pressure. say I am. I am two twenty point six. I of the twenty point six one million units sold. I am two of those. Congratulations! I, thank you. And one of them hasn't even been touched yet. So, yeah, I touched mine for about five hours and said, maybe I don't need to play this anymore. I don't like how I said that. Yeah, I was I was waiting to see where that went. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, it came out and then sort of just sat there. Uh, so I'll let that be what it is. Yeah, but yeah. Um, people love Pokemon. Go figure. Um, there has been an interesting sort of development uh, with this Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal. Um, the UK, uh, it's sort of regulatory board for business and whatever is called the, uh, competition and markets authority. Um, it came to the conclusion that, uh, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, um, could be bad for, uh, uh, competition, basically saying it would result in higher prices, fewer choices, or less innovation for UK gamers. Um, it also, thinks that uh, Call of Duty and some of the other franchises that Blizzard owns, I mean, obviously those big multiplayer things, um, could be big in the way of growing cloud uh, streaming for video games, and that Microsoft owning all of that could potentially be bad for the development of that industry, that market, however you want to call it. So, basically, the UK's uh, CMA came up with some potential solutions to get around this. It seems like they didn't just say, like, no, you can't do this. 
bye. They said like, okay, we don't know if we love this idea, but what if we did this? Um, potentially they, they, they said like, it might be a good idea to sell off part of the business, part of Activision blizzard that like deals with call of duty because call of duty is so big on its own um sell off like the active just activision in general the publisher the you know the studios that are under under that wing so just be buying blizzard um and then selling off both the activision and the blizzard parts of it uh obviously like that would be a huge hit but there are things sort of outside both of those big names that microsoft could still um do a lot underneath but um what do you think of this I think it's interesting. I mean, I think when when all of this started off, I mean, this has been going on for what year year at this point? Would Maybe it, when yeah. was this deal announced to be June? I, I, was it June? So almost a year of this being going on at this point. And at first, when Sony was kind of being the squeaky wheel here here and being like, "Oh, it's gonna hurt us," we're, we're all kind of like, "All right, Sony, yeah, whatever." Um, yeah. But it just seemed to be snowballing more and more. More and more people are saying things about this. Um, I mean, $69 billion is a huge chunk of the market, right? Like, that yeah. is a giant thing. And I, I think it's easy for me to sit here and be like, oh, $69 billion, whatever. But, like, to really think about that, that's huge. Um, that and- is so much money. By the way, uh, it was January 2022 that they announced that. Oh, okay. So, so, really, it's been over yeah, a year at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and I think the um, ideas here that they said with the higher prices, fewer choices, or less innovation for UK gamers, um, I, I think you could say that with everything. I think we talked about that before, about how um, it's creating less choice and less abilities for not only the gamers, but the companies themselves and like where mm-hmm. people work. Um, and it might start slowly uh, chiseling away at some of these smaller companies, making it harder for them to compete with a, a larger company like Microsoft. And, you know, that leads to more industry stress, more. Uh, there's so many like trickle down effects that a move like this could make. Um, and while I don't know how much of that stuff will actually end up happening, um, I do think that it has the potential that it's scaring regulators <laughs> in order yeah. to like try to like stop this. Um, and I just don't, this is one of those things that this is a bigger thing than just video games that we're talking about here. These are, this is a giant tech company taking a giant company. Um, and I, I just think me personally, I did not necessarily see this happening or going this way or people being so resistant to this ultimately will it mean that's not going to go through i still think it will but yeah i i I think like for me personally i don't i personally don't really see a huge issue with the whole microsoft with, with this acquisition um but i do think it is good that it is under so much scrutiny and that it is being investigated so heavily because anytime someone makes a 70 billion dollar purchase like it should be like, like they should be looking at that and, and making sure that it all checks out. And Hey, ultimately if they decide that it doesn't check out, you got to respect that decision as well. Um, I think that's sort of what you're saying, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I would be, it would be interesting to see them get like, not buy like, like buy all of Activision blizzard and not pick up call of duty. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that would make sense if they are trying to reduce the impact that this would have on the industry. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think they've sort of made it clear though that they would be interested in continuing to like keep Call of Duty and whatever else on on multiple platforms and whatnot. But who's really to say? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I know we we've sort of talked about a lot. We talked about this acquisition a lot, but I think that it's worth just bringing up uh, as as more new little tidbits come up. And this I thought was interesting enough. Um, but 
So we'll see. Yoko Taro is a creative man who we love here. He is responsible for the Nier series um, and the Drakengard series. Um, and now is going to be working with Sega to create 404 Game Reset, a mobile game um, that is interesting. He's been sort of doing mobile game stuff recently with... Um, near reincarnation and then now this and that didn't he do um isle of dragons roar or something like that you play the demo isle for that of card dragons, game hear me roar um something I, did like he that? do that i thought so i thought he was part of that maybe not maybe it's just the person who wrote the near music i don't know um either way uh have you heard anything about this this game 404 game reset no what is it I'm going to read you the about page <laughs> for okay. its app store uh, thing. It is not gone. Uh, it's not launched yet. It is coming later in 2023. And it seems like it might be Jap like a Japan exclusive game. Um, but uh, here it is. Video games turned everything upside down. This is a world by Sega for Sega. From infrastructure to entertainment, Sega reigns supreme in all areas. <laughs> the players who live in this world one day encounters a mysterious being called X. The world you live in is not as it should be. The player mm -hmm. who learned that the world has been warped by Sega must must throw themselves into a battle with Sega in order to restore the world to its true form. A cast of beauties themed after legendary Sega games. You've mm -hmm. got Outrun, Afterburner, Virtua Fighter, and Virtua Cop. Basically, it is a series. It is this mobile game that um, imagines all of these Sega games as anime girls <laughs> and i don't know what sort of game exactly this is it seems like it's going to be something of an action game um there's like a seven minute sort of trailer breakdown um that you can see uh, uh this is weird man this is something that only yoko taro would come up with mm -hmm. um how do, what, what do you think about this what do you think about this uh it uh yeah, yeah, it seems like Sega's version of Smash Brothers with anime, oh, that would be kind of cool. girls, I guess. But like, like is Smash Bros that is like not characters from a game, but just like the game embodied by a character. Um, I will say that this feels a little like I don't know. Um, <laughs> just the idea that like, what if we make them hot babes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, feels a little like. Uh, not great in my opinion, but maybe I also just don't know enough about the project as a whole, but that's how it seems to me, you know? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy, but like, don't you think there's a, around some of your towers games, a little bit of that, uh, what's that word? Uh, uh, sexualization misogyny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I always thought that like, I mean, we, we talked about this obviously with, with near, um, replicant that like, Kaine, her character design is just so wild for her, like her as a character, and like it, it just doesn't make sense. Really feels interesting like it's just character, like yeah, really interesting yeah. character. But then, like, yeah, absolutely, just like kind of like, like literally the opposite of what this character would be. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think that I think that uh, the way that Near Automata sort of addresses sexuality, I think, is actually kind of interesting in terms of like, um, it is. I think trying to be a subversion of that, like you, you play this game, you think it's going to be about sexy robots, but it's actually not. It's like a very deep thing. Um, though if you look said, on Twitter, it's still all about, Oh sexy yeah. Be robots. very careful when you Google that. Um, yeah. and also like that, wait, said, wait, like, sexy robots. Uh, should I not? 
I'm saying to be careful about fucking Googling near. But like, like I think that even if the goal is to be like, Oh, we're going to subvert expectations about it being about sexy robots. Like, well, the game still is about sexy robots. So, you know, like at a certain point. Um, so yeah, I would agree that, that his stuff tends to have this sort of thing in it, but, um, it was just a little odd that it was like, um, let's make a game just about babes <laughs> you know now when did but, where did they announce this how was this announced was it like towards uh, a general audience i came across this on twitter i don't know <laughs> um apparently it was at a some showcase i don't know yeah because i mean this yeah i don't know um maybe it'll be fun but it seems like it's something that it's a mobile game you have sexy anime girls it's probably gonna sell millions well, if Genshin Impact taught us anything, you're probably right. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, you want to talk about two horror games real quick? Only two? Only two. Um, the Evil Within 3 um, has not been officially announced, but some people are thinking that they found um, a teaser to it in Hi-Fi Rush. The Evil Within obviously is made by Tango Gameworks, the same developer as Hi-Fi Rush. Um, you can actually, uh, the, the main characters from evil within are in hi-fi rush. You can find them and talk to them. It's kind of funny. Um, they're like reimagined as robots, but, um, in, on one of the screens in, uh, Kale's office, one of the main bad guys of hi-fi rush, um, there is like a news report, like at the very bottom. And it just, it's a headline. It just says sequel to popular horror, uh, survival horror game franchise announced. So, I mean, if it's Tango Gameworks, you know, their popular horror franchise, The Evil Within, like that could be what that is. Um, there is no confirmation of this at all. Um, and this is just like people are saying like, oh, you know, this could just be just a fun little nod to Evil Within or whatever. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Have you ever played those games? Evil Within? I played mm-hmm. uh, the first mission of the first one. Um, that kind of takes you through that little spooky area and like there's it's like completely the, unlike the rest of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. And like I dig the beginning of it. But then once it becomes more of a bigger open world, it was like, eh, whatever. Because yeah, it's it's Resident Evil, that first game, Resident Evil 4, really. Yeah. Um, and then I never played the second one. I've heard the second one is actually really, really good. Um, I've always wanted to. It just Have you, slipped by Did me. you beat the first one? What's that? Oh, sorry. Did you beat the first one? Mm, yeah. Yes, I did. It also like didn't have a very good story i mean it was just kind of nonsensical like we're just gonna take you some through some horror environments yeah Mm -hmm. as a as a um uh resident evil uh fan as uh, a recent convert to being a super fan of resident evil yes how does it stand up next to resident evil games um not great but like if you finished all those games and you're looking for something like it like go ahead and pick that up you know what i mean like it's probably really cheap right now pick up a book um (laughs) no never i will not i refuse (laughs) refuse. Um, no books here like I think like if you've finished Resident Evil, play Dead Space, and then once you finish Dead Space, yeah, give Evil Within a shot. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's clever. I think if they do in fact release another one this year, I think after um, Hi-Fi Rush came out, I think uh, Tango Game Studios back in people's minds, back in yes, the forefront. It- hey. We're going to release another game from the makers of High Prime Rush Evil Within 3 because that will probably sell better than just, oh, you know, another Evil Within. Um, I, I think High Prime Rush has definitely like instilled a lot of confidence in people that um, 
Tango Gameworks is a solid studio. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I've yeah. always like liked them, but I've always sort of found them to be a little bit of an underdog. Because like I just think uh, Evil Within, I think was their debut, and that was okay. Um, Evil Within two people seem to really like, uh, and then Ghostwire Tokyo was pretty mixed. I really didn't like it that much. Um, and then Hi-Fi Rush obviously is is such a big hit and it's really good. Um, so hopefully this is the. the this is indicative of the momentum and quality they might have moving forward. But yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. That's the evil within a uh, little bit of news. And then Alan Wake two. I know I am fucking absolutely stoked and excited for this game. Um, apparently according to remedy, um, it is like playable from start to finish. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that it is ready to go. Um, but just that production is to a point where the game is, like has taken solid form and that you can you know, stories done potentially um, the, the maybe potentially like a lot of environments are done or, or like at least level design could be done. Um, to me, hearing this makes me think this game will for sure be coming out this year unless something big happens. I don't know, but I, 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 to be fair, I don't know. Like, I don't know game production, how that works. I think it's closer than I initially thought it was. I think mm-hmm. it might come out this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like early next year because, yeah, you can have a, a fully g- a playable game, but like that doesn't necessarily mean it's like done, done. No, 100%. Right? Yes. Um, and I think so much of what makes a Remedy game a Remedy game is all of the set dressing to everything, all of the, yeah, the yeah. spooky environmental vibes, how they like just make the unsettling character dialogue, the voice acting, all that other stuff, which is still like I mean, part of the game, but that's not the playable part of the game. Um, I, I think we have different opinions on this, but I think Alan Wake itself, I still think one of its weaknesses is the gameplay. Yeah. Um, and one of its strengths though, is the vibe. One of its strengths though, is the uniqueness of the light and what they try to do with that. Um, so maybe this is a good sign that they're, that they, uh, the gameplay is going to be more polished or not more polished that's the wrong word for it i don't know i, I think uh, better realized maybe yeah yeah because yeah. like at the end of the day the shining the lights on people was cool but then it's just like oh and then you just shoot them with a gun yeah like yeah, still. <laughs> right like like uh, okay yeah stun enemy <laughs> shoot with gun right i mean his whole thing about like the pen my pen is my weapon no the fucking no, no your gun, gun is, is. I, i'm pretty sure your gun is your weapon you've been shooting people you may or may not have just murdered a whole town <laughs> like it's, it's a little unclear yeah, as so if they're possessed still or what. don't know um i dude i'm so excited for this like i am i am really excited and i hope that um i mean you know take your time remedy but but please we haven't eaten since control 2019 that was fucking forever ago you know yeah we whole um, pandemics ago I know, I know. Uh, I will say, though, um, interesting note here. So um, basically, this all comes just like from financial earnings stuff um, that Taro uh, Virtala, who's the CEO of, I think, Remedy, um, noted that uh, Alan Wake Remastered uh, didn't, it seemed like didn't make a whole lot of money, um, that, that people weren't weren't super, like it wasn't like a huge financial hit. Um, but he also says that like, hopefully Alan Wake two will be able to, um, turn a bigger profit. Yeah. I think, what do you when, think of that? I, I, yeah, I think when you like, yeah, yeah, do a new face over, uh, a, a badly pixeled body, I don't think necessarily would instill confidence in buying that remaster. Cause I don't, I really don't think that Alan Wake two was like that significantly different. Wait, what? Not Alan Wake two, Alan Wake, the remaster, right? 
Oh yeah, that Sorry. was that was definitely a facelift. Yeah, that, and that, that was I, and, yes. and and that, I think that was such a, a a poor effort. Sounds like bad, but like I, I think we were talking about this with Metroid Prime, right? About like a good remaster makes you remember the game. Like like it makes you when you play it, you go, oh yeah, this is exactly how it was. Um, but I think they remastered that game just so lightly. I mean, it was pretty much just a visual upgrade, right? That like you just went, yeah. And, this is that game. And it was like a visual upgrade that didn't look great because it was just like a new skin on the same character model. So like I think we yeah, talked about yeah. like how like when he's like looking up, you like see his like old like his like neck. Is yeah, there. it just yeah, didn't like yeah. work right or whatever. But um, uh, still, hey, Remedy, I like you. I like what you do. Be my Remedy like this year. Be the Remedy that Peter needs on his fantasy critic team. I'll say this, if Alan Wake 2 comes out this year, it will probably, I mean, like, unless something happens with it, it will probably be my favorite game of the whole year. Oh, wow. And Zelda's coming out this year. Zelda's coming out this year. I played Dead Space Remake, like, Resident Evil 4. There's, like, a lot uh, of there's a lot of good stuff out you, coming out you, this year. You almost played, you'll play the style-savvy uh, game. Fucking um, fashion, fashion Dreamer. Dreamer. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I probably will play that. What if that becomes your game of the year? Fashion I believe dreamer. it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just some. What do you think? You want to talk about the Last of Us, the Last of Us TV show? I do. So, Justin, what did you think of Last of Us episode five? I'm blanking on the title. Uh, Endure and survive. Endure and survive. It it made me change my outfit just right now. Do you hear? That's how much. That's those are my thoughts about it. Just like, boom, different. You know, it's wild. Different outfit for me. Haircut. Whoa. Um, that's how I good know. the episode was, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like we're recording this different date and time. Maybe that transition was clunky. I don't know. I haven't edited the episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully my levels, my sound levels are okay, but we will. Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll deal with that as You're, we're we going to endure and survive. We're going to endure and survive. What do you um, think? Okay. So I, I just go, I, I base 95% of my life off what other people say about things. Oh, okay. Um, right now, episode one is sitting at a 9.2 uh, stars out of 10 on IMDb. Episode two is a 9.2. Episode three is a 7.9. Episode, isn't that fucking wild? Uh, homophobia, my friend. Yeah, it hurts. Um, episode four is 8.5, and episode five is 9.6. Peter, this yep. might be controversial. Mm-hmm. I know what your thoughts on this episode were. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the clunkiest episode yet. Really? I so so to clarify, I really liked it. Yes. Uh, why did you think it was clunky? It's clunky with a lot of this story of the survivors. Um, I think the uh, the way they introduced what was the name of that horrible leader, um, Kathleen. Kathleen's character. I feel like that whole introduction of what happened with Kathleen and Henry and Sam and Perry and the uprising, I thought was told very poorly. Um, And it was like one of those things that once like I was done watching the episode, it kind of made more sense. But then I had to like, kind of like look back and like think about it more than I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like you have in episode four, you have this hint that Kathleen is hunting for Henry and Sam and that she's looking for them and that uh, you're like, oh, what happened? And then they kind of like really clunkily allude to what happened. They say what happened, but like the whole situation that when Henry's telling uh, Joel what he did about how he basically sacrificed Kathleen's brother to get the medicine for um, Sam who needed it. It just was like even the way 
Henry said that story, it was like a riddle. <laughs> he was he kept calling like like there's this one great man, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like telling it, and you're you, you're right. It is like wait, hold on a second. What happened to the great man? Oh no, it's yeah. it's the guy that you you gave him up, but do oh to Fedra, but yeah, okay, I, I know yeah. what you're saying. And like the the parts all make sense because when Kathleen gets killed by the was it a creeper? What are those things called? The clicker, the little baby clicker child clicker it's like poetic because she's like fuck the kids and the kids are like yeah, kids fuck don't you. matter yeah and it like it like it all like makes sense but it's just it was it was a good structure with just poor like execution with a lot of that particular part of it um and it was all new obviously like that wasn't in the original game none of this stuff mm-hmm. was in the original game in that way and i know what it meant to do because in the game you spent a ton of time with henry and sam going through those encounters going through the sewer system going through all that so like you get to know them spend time with them the way this was set up it would just be them escaping and that was would be kind of it you wouldn't have spent as much time with them in the same way so they had to like find a way to make the story more compelling with their backstory i guess i don't know it, it just it, it just was little, unnecessary yeah. it like, like I, I they tried to like really give their a sense of urgency with all of that you know what yeah. i mean yeah um, yeah and, and give sam uh, and henry a connection to yep. the to the enemies or whatever uh, the i don't know if they had a faction name but whatever but um I, it was interesting though like i found that um the whole just story about Kathleen and Perry and whoever else to me was a little weak in terms of yes. like clunky, just like, yeah, like, like their involvement with everything. Like, Oh, I guess she just doesn't like Sam cause or Henry because, um, he killed her brother or like he got rid got information out that killed her brother. Um, okay. Like that's a, that's fine enough motivation, but like, I guess I didn't need like eight scenes about it. You yeah. like you know what yep. I mean? It could have been, it could have been one of those things. They're hunting me down. I turned in their leader. They're trying to get me. You didn't need the Kathleen character to do that. It just felt like it was an addition that it did not need to be there. It just felt like it was meant to. I don't feel times the wrong word, but fill out the world in a way that's not necessary. We're never going to meet this group of people again. I mean, fucking, yeah. they're dead. First of all, super dead. Yeah, <laughs> but. I don't know. I was I think that is the disappointing part. And I think that's disappointing because this episode started with that story and then it didn't quite end with it. But like that climax was kind of I don't know, felt a little bit lessened by that stuff because I didn't when Kathleen shows up the end, I didn't fucking care. I knew she was going to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like um, so that is why I thought it was the weakest because it had the most fat to trim off of it from the other episodes. I thought, mm-hmm. however, in terms of this being an awesome adaptation of video gameplay in a way that worked amazingly the sniper scene was awesome oh how this. great is that when that starts uh, up and, and especially we played the game we're like oh, yeah. oh this is like that that part yeah you feel it and that was a part claire turned to me which she was like is this from the game like, yeah, 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 yeah. but then you then they change it in a way that is the perfect subverting of expectations with it being the old man like obviously it was a shitty shot the whole time but yeah. then him like turning around and just being like this old man and like joel's like don't. Really, like, please, I, don't. please don't please don't please please and then he does and he shoots him but like whatever um like that was a cool moment that's the kind of like adaptation i like um making um sam and this we can make talk about this more but making sam deaf the change that i think made the scenes better in yeah. this um it, it was i thought that those are some good changes and i think everything other than that the the survivor backstory um, really, really hit well. And I think these last two episodes did a good job of setting all that stuff up. 100% agreed. Um, 
Yeah, I thought like the the whole like Kathleen Perry stuff was a, li- a little out of nowhere, um, and especially because it, it you, like you're right, it didn't really lead anywhere. Obviously, it led to them all having this big, great showdown and whatever. Um, but but they didn't actually like make any important changes to the story. Like like they didn't impact yeah. the characters at all. Yep. Like really, Joel and Ellie like don't know them. You know what I mean? Like no. like they killed what's his name. And I was talking to Elaine about this too. Like. I'm not trying to be that guy who's like, uh, I'm not trying to be fucking CinemaSins. Like, mm, why is this <laughs> happening? Ding. You know what I mean? But like, so, okay. The timeline is 10 days before Joel and Ellie get to Kansas city, Kathleen and company took over, like, like overthrew Fedra and like fucking killed them all and established this new order that they're doing. So do they have a perimeter around Kansas city where they have people just waiting to ambush cars that come in with this weird, like, oh, I'm hurt sort of thing. Cause that guy is covered in blood. Like he's like, I guess fake blood or maybe real blood, who knows? But like my whole thing is like, I, in the game, when that happened, always just assumed that those Raiders were a different group from the big group that was in Philadelphia, uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. I guess I can see that. I see why you'd say that I, the way I took it. I don't think this war was a short war. I think it happened for a while between yeah. these two factions. And obviously I think the, um, the rebels, uh, who eventually won, they probably had this like very intense system, like system set up around mm-hmm. Kansas city. So when they finally took over, they probably had that, but then they were like condensing on oh, the sure. actual okay. Fedra thing. And it seemed like they weren't occupying Fedra. It seemed like, cause remember they drove past it. Yeah. Um, earlier and like it was just still abandoned it looked clearly abandoned so i think like that was just what their home was they lived in the outskirts they lived around the city they lived around the perimeter and kind of like the 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 out the barren area of the city um but y- yeah i think some of that stuff when you really start to like put a laser focus on it that's the shit you should have explained the overtaking like why wasn't that the thing that sure. was shown if you want to human humanize kathleen's character having her and her brother in that moment like be leading the uprising and then you have a moment where you have henry who's an awesome actor by the oh, way great. i thought i think he did things really well i thought if if that that stuff was shown at the beginning in this flashback moment, then it would have set up everything without having this awkward dialogue between Henry and Joel that we really didn't need. We could have seen, you know, like show, don't tell. Yeah. Show me what happened. Don't just tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, missed opportunity in that thing. So I hope they don't continue to just do that stuff when they try to like make the survivors um, always have, backstories when they don't need to because and i also think like if you if you could have given us more i would have taken more time with henry and sam yeah over, uh, you know yeah. with joel and ellie or even just on their own like over um just these she's in her childhood bedroom i guess yeah, yeah. talking with perry and he's <laughs> just there <laughs> and even him like his character like i thought the way he's like sitting there looking at the the uh i almost said creeper hole was minecraft um looking at the uh the hole that was like in the basement of that area i thought he was like questioning kathleen and then all that was just for a quick turn of his character to be like no i'm with you no matter what yeah and I've seen a lot of people like hating on this woman kathleen and her the actress like it's fucking her responsibility to like, she did a fine job. Like she did, like did a perfectly fine job at like acting w- with the scenes and whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's just that the, the writing I think is, it was a little odd. It did seem a little bit like Minnesota mom takes over a town. That's fair. 
<laughs> but I was like, I thought it was it was a nice new sort of flavor in terms of like I've seen The Walking Dead. I've seen a million sort of like apocalypse stories where like the leader is this gruff person, you know what I mean, who like is commanding and scary and gets things done. Um, but like I, like in that first episode, I really liked. Um, when she's talking to the doctor and he's like, I, they had a gun to my head. What do you want from me? And she pulls out the gun and she puts it in his head. And she's like, are the, have the necessary requirements been met for you to start talking? And like, I, I don't know. I thought that was like a nice, a, a new sort of flavor of, of this like character archetype. Um, but what did you think of that final fight? That final battle, Dean? Good. Uh, I liked it. I think it was, it started off with a plot point of convenience um, with the truck landing in the basement where all the the people were and i understand how like that was just like there's this underground tunnel network but didn't isn't that what henry sam joel and ellie went through like that was a little unclear like that that area they went in was safe yeah but yeah they were safe there but this uh, any other basement you just go in there it's gonna create this whole again it started off with a a convenience plot instead of it making more sense why that happened Mm -hmm. uh for me but um I think uh, any of the behind the scenes stuff that they did, a lot of that was practical. Yeah, and I fucking they, was so surprised. Yeah, and they, I mean, they they showed a couple actors in like motion cap suits and stuff, so like they still were using human actors to do that, um, and then putting some CG on top of it. Um, that uh, I forget this was in the podcast or if this was in that uh, after the episode uh, clip on the TV show. Um, that that uh, clicker in the car, she actually did that. That weird like flip over. Yeah. Oh, weird. That's cool. And that, and that, and that, like, and like, just like that attention to detail about like using real human mo- movements that you can't necessarily capture as naturally mm-hmm. um, uh, with animation. I thought was such a cool move for them, and I thought it looked really cool uh, yeah. throughout. Like that was just a uh, crazy. But I do think it was a little too chaotic. And like when you're following Ellie around, it's like, dude, you would have you maybe you, you can get bit and survive, but you would have been like torn apart by something like it's just your bullets are flying. Things are like crossing every which way. It was almost too chaotic. I know what you mean, but I think that it has to be that chaotic for someone to be able to slip through the cracks. Right. Like if there weren't as many people, if there weren't as many clickers, like I think the you might have had. Like there'd be more attention on each individual person, you know what I mean? But the fact that there were like so many soldiers and whatever. Um, but I mean, as soon as they started pouring out, I'm watching it with my roommate and we're like on our feet. Like that is so many just like, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, uh, my, uh, my friend said that it was a lot like watching the Battle of Winterfell, except you could actually see what was going on in this episode because it wasn't so dark. Is that from you Game of Thrones? Seen Game of, yeah, you okay. haven't seen Game of Thrones, but it's like it's this like big climactic battle, like one of the last episodes in the last season. And it was the darkness was so bad. You couldn't see anything that was happening. Uh, but this one, it was lit. Well, you had the fire in the background, which yeah. made no fucking sense. But like you had the fire in the background that just lit everything up and gave it this awesome glow with the gunshots and everything. And you have fucking Joel from like in the video game yeah, sitting just, there just like pow, 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 like just like like a fucking champ with that thing. And we were talking too that like um, what's cool with Joel and Ellie in that scene is that they're sort of in like they're super in sync. You know what I mean? She's like he sees what she's doing and he's like, okay, I got to clear the way for her. And she's sort of like communicating with him. Like, okay, I'm running to that car. You know what I mean? Or I'm good. Sam and Sam and Henry, we're going to go grab. Um, yeah, just, I, I thought that was an excellent scene and fucking Jeffrey Pierce, uh, uh, Perry, Tommy in the, in the games, um, gets grabbed by the bloater 
and it, it gets him like they get it they get you in the that. game it does, does the he, head yeah. thing yeah. um oh that's good that's that's some good stuff uh we were like i said we were like on our feet for that whole whole scene there um yeah, it was it was nice to see him though, because like I don't know, it, it's been a few episodes since we've seen a clicker or like had one be a yeah. threat. You know what I mean in any yeah. meaningful way. Um, and I imagine we're probably not going to get a whole lot of them next week with uh, them going to Wyoming and everything, from what it seems. Um, I think next episode is going to go all the way to the campus. Yeah, yeah. Um, like he, it's going to probably end with him getting. I don't future spoilers. Like it'll end at the the cut before winter. Yeah, I, I would say that's possibly true uh because we were looking through like how are they like, what, they've got nine episodes so there's four episodes left like where does this go i think that that's a, a solid th- thing to think i didn't I assume winter is probably two episodes yeah because i think you could wrap Just, it up in one you know what i mean of, of you spring could, you could yeah um, but but yeah i don't know um but anyway, like, yeah, I, I thought that this this was a super, super excellent episode. I do agree with uh, with everything you're saying about, like, Kathleen and, and that whole storyline being a little weird. Um, Can I, we talk about the ending of the episode? Yes, please. Did you like it better than the game or did you like it uh, the same as the game or did you like the, the game better? So are you talking about the difference between the way that... Uh, uh, Sam and Ellie talk at the at the very end? Uh, pretty much from the talking scene to the um, end of the episode. I think it. I think they're different. I think it is very clear that this show is trying to really heavily foreshadow the final choice that Joel makes at the very end of the show. It's doing what I did in my head canon the whole time and making it understandable why Joel did what he did. Yes. So like you talk, you've got. Um, Kathleen saying kids die all the time. Like what you think you're special. You're, you're going to sacrifice everyone else for your kid. Right. And obviously like, can we, are we allowed to spoil the last of us? I think we, I don't know. I think we just talk with what we have for the most yeah, part. Uh, let me say this. You've probably played the last of us. If you're talking, if you're <laughs> this. Um, but yeah, like, like I think, the, or at least no, because you've, you're in, on video game stuff like i think that they are foreshadowing really excellently what the final like the stinger of the show is going to be of what joel decides to do with ellie and all that sort of stuff because even then you get that sort of foreshadow with um bill and the note that he leaves for joel um same thing with with tess when she tells him to leave and, and all that sort of stuff and save who you can save and all that sort of stuff i think they are foreshadowing that excellently and i think that her conversation with Sam at the end, not, it doesn't foreshadow any of that stuff, but like it does show you a sweeter moment instead of being a little bit more like bittersweet because like when it happened, when, when it all goes down with Sam in the game, like she's kind of a jerk to him. Like he asks, like, do you think you're still like, he asked the same question of like, you know, is your soul still in you when you're a clicker? And she's basically like, no, nah, you can kill him like fucking animals. Anyway, good night. <laughs> like, and like that's like the last thing she sort of said to him, and it was kind of shitty. You know what I mean? Whereas in this, they have that sweet moment of like, I'm gonna stay awake with you, and I'm gonna try and heal you in whatever else. I, to be honest, I like the shitty thing better because I think that, it, like, it, I think it doesn't lead to the end as well. But I think I like the shitty thing better because you have this kid who's hoping that yeah. someone. Like he's scared for the first time in his life. Yeah. Um, and he's hope he reaches out to Ellie and is hoping that she will say it'll be fine. It'll be great. And then she crushes his dreams. Yeah. 
And like, if we're talking about like a tragic way to go, like to me, not, not having the hope at all is almost worse. Yeah. And I think that punched me a little bit harder though. Those fuckers got me in this episode when, when he's looking out in the morning. Yeah. He can't hear her. Yeah. So he has to go out. So she has and to- like, that makes that scene make more sense. First of all, like he didn't just rip her up in the middle of the night, but like it, like it just makes it that it, it's just such a, like a, a sad moment almost like he still can't hear. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I think and I, that was, that was more powerful for me. I think I know what you're saying uh, with, with liking that sort of like bitter end to it, but I feel like it ends so, so abruptly and so bitterly with Henry that I, appreciate a, a moment of sweetness you know especially when she's like i'm gonna try and heal you with my blood because i don't she didn't know you know i'm glad it didn't work um because that would have been a whole fucking thing <laughs> i'm like oh I'm this is you, a big deviation you know you know why i thought at the, I, I, the spoilers the light spoilers here you know why i believe personally joel made the right choice and this is proof because fucking what were they gonna do they with gonna their do? they don't know what are they gonna do they don't they don't have the, they don't have the technology they don't have the scalpels also a vaccine for a fungus fucking stupid what it's it just is on you stupid yep wash your hands anyway clear and clearly the blood didn't do it so i'm just saying just saying yes but like that's the thing right like like she tries it and i appreciate that because she doesn't know you know if she's been told that her like that her blood is really important or that she's very important so yeah give it a shot um but yeah just so sad just what does that do with her character though what do you mean like I think that ma- that makes so much more context with her character in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. She tried and it failed. Yeah. And it didn't work. What does that make her think? She says I'm sorry. Yeah. Like she broke the promise. She tried. She thought she could make it work and she didn't. I think that may- is way more complicated for her in what happened in that scene than what happened in the game. Agreed. Agreed. Um so I don't know. I th- I thought that was a really interesting choice that I think regardless of if I like the the more bleak ending better, I think it still creates enough intriguing character motivation for both Joel and Ellie. Yeah. And then ultimately we saw the, the moment when Joel's just like, can't lose this girl. Yeah. And he cements that at the very end there. And I think, um, it's, it's good. It's good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. The other thing I like in the episode is, um, when they're in the sewers and he looks at her and she, he's like, get your gun out. And she like sheepishly like pulls it out of her pocket and he like looks at her. Like, Are you fucking kidding? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> We're going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. told you you're, your bag, your pet, your bag. <laughs> um, yeah, what a what a what a solid, solid episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of smitten with the show. The one thing also, I was sort of talking with Elena about that. Um, I'll be interested to see how it goes moving forward. Is it, it, in the game because you spend a lot more like idle time with the two of them. Like it's very clear that they don't get along like for a really long time, you know, for like three to four to five hours, it's really until he gives her the gun that they really even start to have really any bond, like real bond. You know what I mean? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if they have that fight in the, in the house in this next episode. You know what I'm talking about? Where she's like, I'm oh, not your daughter. They, will. Oh, I, they oh, have they to, will. it's like the best scene in fucking video games, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're going to have that fight. And I think, um, the, that I think they're going to write that whole scene better for Joel. Um, and I think it's going to be much more, he's going to kind of, I think Tommy will know what's going on with Joel and he's like, you can't do this, buddy. Yeah. 
And I think he'll be kind of the reason for it a little bit, kind of push that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then Joel is going to have to like do that. Like, I, I got to I got to separate this now. The only way I can do it is to not. So I think that that I, the way they can do it, I think will be interesting. And I think that could be a majority of the episode. He goes out to look for her. Then, you know, yeah, she saves him. Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to more. I mean, it's just I, I, like this is the first time I think I've said this in previous episodes in a while that I've been just so like. Put in with a TV show, you know what I mean, especially yeah. week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, not since Frasier back in the day. Yeah, not since um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series back in the day. Do you remember when you were kids? Yes. Like, I didn't have the concept oh. that a new episode every week came out. So, like, you just miss like an episode sometimes, and then you just wouldn't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, we weren't big TV kids. Uh, not that we would, like, not on purpose necessarily. It just was like we'd just rather be playing Smash Bros or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, on your TV. Yep, 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 yep. So, there you go. Last of Us episode five. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm thumbs up. I'm like like the 75%. Yeah. Because that's that little 25%. Kathleen, you could be gone. I did, I will say, Perry, just doing his Tommy voice the whole thing. And that fucking beard, man. He looks like, great. Dude. He looks great. Woo. His hair looks great. 10 points. Yeah. He, 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 he found all the beard oil left in the apocalypse. Yes, he did. Yes. I think he I made that joke did. last week. I think he did, but it is uh, a it's, so, it's so startling. You know, it's a great beard. It is a great beard. Well, hey, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we do appreciate it. Uh, remember that you can uh, find our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can hop on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod, become a $1 podcast producer, or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel, like Dave Parker. Get those bonus episodes. Today we're talking about um, Sony's 2023 in terms of its video game releases um, and our predictions and, and thoughts on all of that. I think that'll be an interesting conversation. Last week we talked a lot about reviews and the way that IGN um, seems to view its review uh, scale and its review process, which I thought, I don't know, I, I found that to be a, a very good conversation. Um, all that and more is waiting for you if you become a $3 deluxe podcast producer again on hitbox on uh, patreon.com slash hitbox pod if not all good hop on over to twitter.com at hitbox pod give us a follow tweet at us uh, retweet uh, something an episode a comment whatever you want really i'm not your dad um and i'm not in charge of twitter obviously because i would be um maybe doing a better job because uh, <laughs> i would <laughs> I'm not saying I'd be good at it but I am saying like I would I know you, how the platform you wouldn't works. You would be so confrontational with your patrons. You know what I mean? And y- you know what else I wouldn't do? I wouldn't fire people um for just telling me that I'm not like a popular person. Like I know that. Like I know I'm Peter, I'm controversial. Peter, you're popular. Um, no, I'm I, I'm saying like I don't have however 100 million followers on Twitter and low engagement because I'm a weirdo that no one likes. Um <laughs> I don't have that. Um, I just don't. And if someone told me that, I wouldn't be like, you're fired. I would be like, you're right. <laughs> that is, you've stated something that is true. <laughs> anyway, uh, where was I going with this? Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Um, or if, if you are uh, feeling so inclined, go ahead and uh, give us a rating on your podcast player of choice. If not, again, I'm not your dad. Do whatever you want. I don't own Spotify. If I did, I'd probably give a lot more royalties to artists. Um. That's just true. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like, yeah. you're probably gonna like in, in, look at me in the face and say I'm a horrible person. I have not bought uh-huh. a CD since like 2008. 
I don't think that makes you a horrible person. I think that makes you a regular person because no one does that anymore. Yeah. Streaming has done that. Uh, I can talk about streaming and, and the changes that made to the music industry all day, uh, but I won't. I'll save you uh, that conversation. But hey, maybe Taylor Swift might change that for everyone. Maybe. And it, means, it might mean that I might get more money from the eight people who listen to my music. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>